Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Philippians by looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 21. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. In this section, Paul tells us that faith can let us know two things. The first is that we can know that Jesus is Christ and Lord. We can know through faith that Jesus has been raised from the dead, that he sits at the right hand of the throne of God, and that he is king of the universe. But faith also lets us know the power of his resurrection, that power that raised Jesus back to life, that raised him from the dead, is available to us in this life. And that power brings us through all of the trials of this life. And it brings us all the way to the point of our physical death and then raises us from the dead. We can know that power. We can experience that power. And we can experience resurrection the same way Jesus did. Paul also lets us know that this resurrection doesn't happen to us in this life, but at the end of this life. Some may be tempted to think that resurrection is spiritualized and symbolic of our death, burial, and resurrection in baptism. But Paul said, no, I haven't obtained this. I haven't already reached that perfection. But it is something that had grabbed hold of him. And it's something that should grab hold of us. 
Being grabbed by that knowledge should give us focus and purpose to push through this life in eager anticipation of the next. And Paul says everyone who is mature should think this way about life and death. If you are a mature thinking Christian, you understand that death is a part of this life, but it ushers us into a new life for eternity with the Father forever and ever. But Paul acknowledges that not everyone thinks that way. Not everyone embraces that or has let that idea grab hold of them and let it take control of their life. There are some who may agree with it, but it hasn't grabbed them. And Paul said, if you haven't developed this way of thinking about life and death, you'd better go to God. And he actually gives us some insight in how to accomplish that and how to make sure that we're going toward God and living the life that he's called us to live. One is that we get in line and follow the leader. We understand that Jesus is sovereign. He is the Christ. He is our king. And that means we're willing to do anything he tells us to do. We're willing to say all of the things he wants us to say, and we're willing to avoid the things that he tells us are destructive. Paul also says, you can follow those who are following the leader. If you can't quite clearly see how to follow Jesus, you can find folks that are following Jesus pretty well and, and follow them as they get closer to Christ until it becomes absolutely clear to you what Christ would have you do and who he would have you be. Our goal in life is to imitate Christ. When we're not sure what that looks like, we find those who have done a good job of it, and we follow them. Because charting our own path can be dangerous. It's easy to get caught up in our own emotion or our own desires and make choices that are self-serving rather than God-serving. When we're serving self, we're not in the footsteps of Jesus. We're charting our own course. And Paul lets us know that people who serve themselves will be sorely disappointed. And notice he's talking about people who claim Christianity and claim faith, people who would consider themselves part of the church, but they have actually become enemies of the cross because they're teaching something different than what Jesus would teach. They're taking actions that are different than what Jesus would take. Paul says there are people who have become fixated on serving themselves and indulging themselves. He says their minds are set on earthly things. They take glory in the things that should bring them shame. And Paul says that that's a path toward destruction. Not that God is going to get them and punish them for not doing what he told them, but because they're destroying themselves. They're separating themselves from the goodness that brings them life. That's why I personally get very concerned when I see a lot of things in social media and even on news outlets and other sources of media where people claiming to be Christian are fixated on achieving their own goals. And they attach God's name to it, thinking that gives it some kind of moral authority. But they're trying to achieve political power, or amass wealth, or develop a large following, or antagonize people who actually need to be served. And they take great pride in their notoriety, but it should be their shame, because they've set their mind on earthly things rather than heavenly things. We have to be careful giving in to our appetites and our desires, doing the things we want to do because we want to do them. 
because whatever controls our decision-making is our God. If we're making choices that serve ourselves, we've made ourselves God. If we make choices that serve others and promote others over God or instead of God, because we see some benefit to us, we have a different God. We are only worshiping God the Father when we follow His Son, Jesus, when we imitate Him in every way we can. We have to be very careful about being prideful about things that are actually shameful to God. Just because our society accepts them, or maybe even people in our churches accept them, doesn't mean that God approves of them. They may actually be to our shame. And we have to be careful not to set our minds on things that do not last beyond judgment. The things of this world, we're told, will be destroyed. If we've set our mind on them and holding on to them and keeping them and hoarding them for ourselves, maybe even to pass them on to future generations, we've set our mind on things that won't last. Our focus should be on the things of eternity. When this idea of resurrection grabs a hold of us, We live differently. We think differently. We don't fall into these pitfalls. We don't chart our own course. And we will be eagerly awaiting Jesus to come get us and take us home. And Paul says when that happens, our bodies will be transformed to be like his. Through that same power that raised him from the dead, he will come and raise us from the dead, transform us and give us an indestructible body that will last forever and ever. This should be the thing we're eagerly anticipating, the thing that motivates our behavior and our thoughts. But even thinking about that, sometimes we get sidetracked. We get fixated on, well, what's that body going to be like? Are we going to be recognizable? What age will we appear to be? You know, all of these things that come to our mind, we get caught up in those things rather than just trusting what Jesus says, that it is better. It's a better existence. It's a Existence that never ends, and it is an existence with God the Father. Does that idea grab hold of you and make you want to faithfully walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Or are you still determined to chart your own course that Paul promises will lead to destruction? Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, kalirachurchofchrist.org, Or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.